This is Paul Nobles from Eat Form, and uh, we're actually on the third episode of our history of dieting, where we're going over an overview of kind of the various stages of dieting, and we're sort of to modern day dieting, which I think is going to be of interest to people. We're not really going to go into kind of some bigger movements. You know, maybe we can do that later on, but you know, your paleos, your ketos, your fasting, you know, a lot of the things that are tend to be more simple, um, where the failure rate is much higher. Um, and part of the reason that it is, is because, you know, you're really not getting a lot of guidance necessarily, except for some guy on Reddit, you know, that, uh, you know, is, is giving you kind of the wrong information. And, you know, when we look at, really any dieting program, you know, um, you know, I know that there's a lot of myths out there related to the, you know, your paleos, your ketos, your fasting. But the reality is, is that you're really looking at a calorie deficit. And that's, that's what we're talking about on all three of these podcasts. And what we're walking you through is kind of what we know what we don't know and where we're hoping the industry will evolve. Right. And so I'm Paul Nobles from Eat to Perform. Um, mentioned it on, on the other podcasts. Uh, I think you know how to buy a membership of Eat to Perform. Just go to the site. Um, it's actually interesting from a marketing perspective, you know, that I'm going to get into a little bit of the marketing stuff. It's, it's one of the areas of expertise that I have. Uh, when I started Eat to Perform, I did not have this piece in place, but as a person very comfortable with how sales work, uh, the biggest change that we've made in Eat to Perform is having you talk to an actual person. And so when you talk to a person in the beginning, literally no one signs up for each form without talking to a person about what their actual plan looks like. And so that was intentional. Um, what we're about to talk about is this technology piece that's coming in. And I'm a person, and I think a lot of us listening to this, they're like, can I just talk to an actual person? And, and so I was like, yeah, I, I think you can. I think we can figure out a way to do that where you know exactly what it looks like. You know? And then in the beginning, you have the option between you know, a meal plan written for you so that you can get started easier or a free trial. So if you're already familiar with macros, something of this nature, um, you might not need the meal plan. But a lot of people, I mean, I can give you the exact numbers. It's 76.7%. Right. So we're going to talk about real data and fake data. The majority of people buy the, the meal plan because they, they want to get kickstarted the right way. And then we have a lifetime push coming on the 23rd. You know, we, that's the whole gist for this series is that, you know, what we think is the best solution is being an advocate for food for your whole life. And so 
we believe that food as an ally is a big part of, you know, everyone's health journey. And uh, when I think of eat to perform, I don't necessarily think of abs. I know a lot of people think of abs. I know a lot of people think we skew younger. The majority of our clients, I was t- talking to Susan, are actually over 50. I would say, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood, about 60%. I don't have a specific number on that one, but somewhere in the neighborhood of 60%, you know, fall in the range of 45 to 55 and then 55 to, to 60. By the time they have gone on and off enough programs that they now want something that works. Yeah, no, very in a very real way, our business model was based on the fact that their business model was based on failure, right? And so, so I, wanted, I wanted people to know that, yes, we're a business and we need to exist and we're going to charge you for our services, but I wanted people to know that I'm in it forever, right? I'm committed to this forever. And, and I'm not looking for an additional business model. I mean, I do think that there are things that could be helpful to our current business model, but my North Star is what is going to help people the most, right? I'm not trying to be a tech startup. I'm not trying to, you know, um, you know, be whatever people think the Shark Tank version of the form is. Um, but yeah, I think that that's interesting. So Susan, why don't you walk people through how they could find you and then we'll get into things. All right. Well, Uh, Whether you're looking for my books, uh, my contact information, um, what I do, uh, and consulting with with folks, teams, industry, you can find me at drskleiner.com, D-R-S-K-L-E-I-N-E-R.com, or drsusankleiner.com. On Instagram and Twitter, I'm at PowerEat. Uh, and uh, on Facebook as Dr. Susan Kleiner. So Good Mood Diet, The New Power Eating, come to my website. You can find out more about it and really sort of, I guess, understand why we are so simpatico, Paul and I. Okay, so we talked a little bit about uh, Weight Watchers and we gave some clue that we were going to talk about Noom, but it's, it's really important to understand sort of the transparency of Weight Watchers. Now, I realize that a lot of people that are listening to this podcast have a really bad relationship with Weight Watchers. But the one thing that Weight Watchers never did was openly try to deceive you. It says in the name, it's about watching your weight, right? And it's important to mention that because they've, through the years, tried to be fairly transparent, okay? We talked about this. We're not going to go into it in great detail because we, we sort of did in the first one. But the secret deal we all know that we have with Weight Watchers is that it doesn't really help you with the after part, right? And it doesn't even pretend to help you with the after part. You know, it mentions kind of moving to more, more of a maintenance, but, but doesn't really give you much in the way of what that looks like or how that looks like. And frankly, the data that they have, you know, this is, you know, I, I've talked about my conversations with my co-founder, you know, 
the one thing that I keep telling him, you know, he's like, well, machine learning will figure it out. Machine learning will figure it out. I was like, machine learning will not figure it out if you're just looking at less. If you're just looking at one set of data and how that set of data affects things, until you switch it to the other side, you will always get the result that you got previously, right? And then if you build your business model based on just that one thing, right? Weight Watchers is interesting, right? So recently, Weight Watchers reformed and changed their name to WW or Working for Wellness. And it was really interesting that the reaction from the stock market. Stock market hated that move, right? And and they they plunged, you know, we could get into, you know, Oprah and DJ Khaled and Charles Barkley back in the day and lots of different ideas that Weight Watchers had. But at no point was Weight Watchers you know, trying to deceive us, right? They, they were about Weight Watchers and we knew that the deal that we had was when we overeat, we could go to them, get a tune-up, get an oil change and that, you know, we were going to be good, right? What I can tell you, and, and this is my opinion, it's not, more, it's not necessarily based on, uh, you know, company ethos that I don't know, right? But I think when we talk about Weight Watchers or Noom, they sort of believe that people have these bad habits, right? That allow them to overconsume hyperpalatable foods, right? And they don't have a dog in the fight of eating what a normal amount of food looks like, right? And the science is abundantly clear that you have to return food to the situation. So if you've based your whole business model, like we'll talk about Noom here in a second because Noom operates in a way that Weight Watchers never did. And now it has a market cap very similar to Weight Watchers without the level of scrutiny that Weight Watchers has had. And so it's very important that, you know, everyone sort of knows. And then people will say, well, yeah, well, you're, you're a competitor to Noom, so you're being critical of them, right? Or if someone's on Noom, I mean, Noom, you know, just my little chicken scratch math signs up over a thousand people a day, right? So there's always gonna be a certain amount of people that are on Noom that don't give like the cheesecake, spaghetti and beer as much credit as it deserves. Right. I mean, if you're signing up for a weight loss program and you lose 20 pounds, you know, it it has a lot to do with, you know, the overabundance and hyperpalatable foods and only kind of a little bit about the deficit. Right. I always joke that like a monkey with an abacus could do the deficit part. It's the hard part is when food gets normalized down the road. Right. And, and, and so, so, you know, when we talk about it, just to be fair, Weight Watchers and Noom have chosen the easy route, right? And uh, what that easy route looks like, you know, differs by company. But Weight Watchers, when they moved to working for wellness, this was after 
you know, Oprah bought a certain percentage of the business and she's still actively involved with the business. And uh, one of the things I always liked it, like from a marketing perspective was the fact that, uh, you know, you could go to Oprah's house and, and, and eat tacos, you know, cause that's like what the advertising is. And, and then this idea, you know, for a while there, DJ Khaled, I don't know if he's still involved. I, I probably think no. Um, you know, they were really trying to work with like influencers and, and things of this nature and people with large followings that, that maybe, you know, weren't going to be committed to a lifestyle of, of health and fitness or were going to struggle, which, you know, honestly is a narrative that they could have delved really into well and, and done good jobs on. And maybe that's the way some people view it, right? Like when you go into like a Weight Watchers class online or in real life, the one thing that's abundantly clear is that there's overweight people similar to you. And that camaraderie alone makes you feel like you're not alone. So anybody thinking that, you know, I'm overly critical of the, the weight loss part doesn't know me very well, you know, because, because that kind of camaraderie, that kind of feeling like we're all in it together is something really important. But, but I think we have to be careful when we're all in it together to eat less and do more because that has a very finite scientific idea right? The body adjusts to the stimulus that you're providing to it in a way that, that from a scientific point of view is called homeostasis. This is why you plateau. This is why, you know, if you're not allowing for appropriate amount of recovery, if you're not allowing for deloads, if you're not allowing for all these things that allow your body to progress, you kind of hit a wall. And sadly, the natural instinct is to go, well, I'm just not motivated each day, right? Like the, the science on willpower is actually interesting, right? People that diet very clearly have stronger willpower than people that don't diet near as much, right? Because if you have avoided food 23 different times, and then on the 24th time you eat the food, you succeeded 23 times, but you failed only once. Most people that aren't dieting are not facing those options, right? And so you have to kind of think of it like that, like the, the, the person that thinks that they're failing actually succeeded a lot, you know? And, and I think that that's an important kind of point of view. So before we get into, um, oh, my main point. My main point is that when they went to working for wellness, they gave a nod to honesty. They, they, they said, look, you know, people don't always lose weight here, you know, and that losing this over time. And, and I don't know if that was Oprah's influence, but, but it almost has to be right. Because everything we know about Oprah is her level of empathy. And it just seemed like there was a movement within Weight Watchers that was not received well by the marketplace, but their stock has recovered. The, the work that's being done 
even though there's still this expectation of weight loss, it is a little bit more holistic, right? Now, whether or not that's the best thing for them as a company, I would argue anything that, that gravitates towards honesty is best for your company, <laughs> right? Like anything that's based in dishonesty should be avoided. And the fact that they came out and said, we're going to view things in a holistic way, I think is a good step. And I think it is, it's, a, it's a step that might allow them to get to the space where we're dominating right? Because no one else is really trying to be in this space. So why don't we go into that? And then we'll start to talk a little bit about Noom and some of the things that's a little concerning, you know, I mean, kind of is what it is, but it's a concerning. Yeah. So, so um, I, I do love what you're saying. I don't know how a program goes from, you know, I mean, it's a huge pivot for them. It's going to be very interesting to watch over time. My uh, problem or concern with Weight Watchers as so many um, programs that were labeled as weight loss programs were that they fed you very few calories and told you that you should go exercise. It was just like they, they, they would say that there was no direction about exercise. There was no help with figuring out or guidance, not even pointing you to resources that, you know, or partnering with resources that may help you discover exercise that fit in your life. And they certainly weren't fueling you for exercise. So there was, there was no, um, uh, again, support or guidance. You'd see these people who reported, you know, I never exercised. I went on this program, whatever program it was. I started to lose weight. They told me I should exercise. I started to exercise. And then all of a sudden you see people who are doing Five, from 5Ks to 10Ks to half marathons, they're doing, you know, I'm a triathlete now. And there's no conversation about, well, what do you eat now? How are you doing that? And so again, this prescription for this sense of failure and, and, and looking at other people as success, and I'm never gonna do that. I may as well just throw in the towel now, eat whatever the hell I wanna eat, never exercise because I'm never gonna be able to do that because my body is broken and it doesn't work. And, and that is, I think, what you talk about so much as, as, as leading to the dysfunctional, you know, association and relationships that thousands and thousands and thousands of people have developed between food and their own bodies because the imagery that they were shown did not match reality and, and the way we actually function and helping people move from the weight loss paradigm to recovery, rest, normalization, whatever the industry means when they say maintenance, 
um, and, and, and a lifetime of health and wellness. And that, that conversation um, uh, and the idealized imagery um, is, has been very detrimental. And, and so my, you know, I'm eager to, to go to, what are we going to talk about now? <laughs> yeah. So, so I wanted to, so some of this is going to, going to come off as, as marketing talk, right? Cause I, ha- I have to, I have to talk to you about marketing to describe to you kind of how Noom is using some dirty tactics for their business growth, right? But let's be very clear. The basis for Noom is that you were over-consuming, right? And now you're eating less. If you're losing weight, that's going to be why. Um, People that go from diet to diet to diet, right? They will not have success with Noom because Noom is simply just another diet. And so, you know, there's a lot of woohoo nonsense that kind of happens in the low carb world and fasting world and, 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 you know, just all of these, even, even like this movement towards, you know, mostly whole foods, which by the way, is something like, I'm not going to just be negative related to Noom. One of the things that Noom, you know, talks about that is a foundation of what they are is prioritizing nutrient density, but, but they're prioritizing nutrient density the same way that a lot of programs that have come and gone that, that kind of had a relationship with paleo to just under eat all the time. Right. And so, so let's be clear straight from the beginning, I'm pro whole foods. I'm pro nutrient density, but I'm pro nutrient density in proper amounts, right? What we're talking about is not, is not, you know, just my opinion versus Noom's opinion, right? What my opinion is, is a scientific fact, right? That our bodies have a certain amount of calorie numbers that it needs to thrive, right? That it's going to allow us to, you know, build muscle, hold on to muscle, build tissue, allow your body to recover, allow sleep, allow for appropriate mental health. And, and that, that's my North Star. And so, so when I look at Noon's North Star, I see much more of a startup trying to solve a startup problem. Now, does that mean that, you know, when they started off, they thought of like all these evil thoughts of how they were going to destroy people? No, I think that they probably went into it from the perspective of health. And I think so much of Weight Watchers, they, they're going to look at their cancel rate. And they're going to go, everybody cancels, right? Because they're not getting to where they want to go. And, and we'll talk a little bit about that because I know, you know, if you've lost 20 pounds, you know, like if your goals are, you know, 10 to 20 pounds, Noom's kind of fake formulas and stuff like this 
can actually appear to be real, but they're not real, right? They're not based on the science that we know of how the body changes. And so, you know, are they based on scientific formulas? They might be, right? But some of their marketing is sort of twisting this idea. But a very key point, and this is the most important point of what we're talking about, is Noom very consistently talks about cognitive behavioral therapy. And it's suggesting that cognitive behavioral, ther behavioral therapy is why you're going to lose weight. And that is incorrect. You are losing weight because you're eating less foods. And they're not making that connection, right? They're not making the connection that's saying, we are using techniques that might be linked to cognitive behavior. I mean, first of all, whether or not they're actually giving you cognitive behavioral, ther behavioral therapy, I don't know why I'm struggling saying that, is of debate also, right? But what they're basically saying is, is that we can teach you techniques and habits and we'll send you articles that will help you eat less, presumably all of the time, because even though Weight Watchers throws some wording related to um, eating less, you know, Noom does not <laughs> at all, right? And so, so as your calories, you know, are at like these really low numbers, I, I don't need to even tell you, so many of you have already tried it, that you know what I'm talking about, right? That you hit a wall and you can't get past it. But the problem is, and we'll talk about this here in a bit, is that the graph that told you that was on the page that you put your credit card on, connected to the page that you put your credit card on, gave you this false sense of belief that you were going to be able to get to where they were gonna go based on this idea of uh, working with a psychological program that they do not provide. Now, are they telling you that you get a psychologist? Are they telling you that their people are trained in this idea? Not necessarily, but that's the interesting part. There's not a lot of transparency related to Noom. I mean, I know it's great that the guy in the candy store can lose 10 pounds, right, while working in a candy store, but frankly, anything can do that kind, can get you that kind of result if you were over consuming previously, right? There's nothing special about that related to Noom. And so when the, the guy in the commercial says to you, you know, you know, they say they're about cognitive behavioral therapy. All I know is Noom works. It's like, okay, you might actually be a client for Noom. Maybe that's possible. Says it in the thing, I'll believe you. But if I do believe you, then I have to believe you're talking about just you. And that's fine, right? We use testimonials and, 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 and things of this nature. But one, you don't look like you were obese previously. You're talking about 10 pounds. You know, they're very careful to couch a lot of their marketing so that they don't get sued, right? And so they don't say to you that they give you cognitive behavioral, behavioral therapy. They, they say to you, it's based on cognitive behavioral therapy. And so, so 
that would be like me saying each reform is based on the fact that my whole house is painted yellow, right? I mean, what that has to do with weight loss, I have no idea. But if you aren't in a calorie deficit or came from a background of overconsuming, the fact that my house is painted yellow won't mean anything to you, right? And so there's this false dichotomy that's being put out there that really, you know, has... I mean, I, I that you know, if you're not familiar, they will survey you once you're you're going. A lot of people get very frustrated by that because you know, uh, it, you know, noon says it's five minutes. You know, people take issue with it. I, I don't have a a real horse in that race, but they're going to survey you a lot, and they're going to try and give you some articles that might help you as it relates to that. And to be fair, they're very clear about that. They're very clear that they're trying to help you with these habits. And, and I think some of what they're doing with nutrient density is, is good stuff, but it's also well-known, right? This has been well-known in the bodybuilding community for 70 years that when you're eating in a deficit, it's much more helpful if you're eating whole foods with fewer calories that fill up your stomach so that you're not miserable all the time. Right. And so, so while I think it's a, it, it's good. It, it, if we look at my real criticism of Noom, it's that they're using deceptive tactics while using tried and true principles, you know, and whether or not the software is making a big pressure on you, I think they need to be a little bit more, clear about, you know, that deception. I mean, when we're saying that you're getting psychological help, I can tell you for a fact, because we talked to people that did not have success with Noom, that they thought they were getting a psychologist. Whether that's right or wrong, that is the belief that people have based on the marketing, right? Because people that struggle with dieting want help with the mental health piece because they, they, they go, every time I eat less, my brain doesn't start to work. And it's like, yeah, that's how eating less works. Right. And so, so what Noom is saying is a solution. Many of these solutions look exactly like the same solutions that Weight Watchers has been putting out there for 70 years. Right. And the fact that you don't know that, right um, is, is why you're consuming. Right. And, and I think you should know kind of what you're getting into. And so the cognitive therapy part, I feel like is, is, is the most disturbing thing to me, because I think when you start talking about helping people with mental health, you're crossing a line and maybe Noom feels like they're not. And you know what? A lot of you will feel like they're not because a lot of you go, this is the least deceptive dieting technique technique ever. I've been on every detox and every diet program and 500 calories and all these other things. But the difference is, is that some of those programs do not have a market cap of $4 billion. They're not raising millions of dollars to ultimately you know, chase the wrong rabbit. And they're chasing the wrong rabbit. And maybe they'll figure it out. 
But I think as long as they stay behind their wall of just acquiring more clients than they're losing, they are not going to realize they are creating the Death Star, right? They are creating something that's going to harm people in the millions. Susan said thousands of people. It's not thousands of people. It's millions of people. If you look at the biggest loser television show, okay, those people were harmed in a game show for your entertainment. But you know who else was harmed? You. Because you were given this idea that, you know, doing more and eating less is the answer without the other part. And the, in this industry is so new, right, in terms of, of, of fitness and, and dieting, you know, it's modern fitness and dieting is only 70 years old. So there's still a lot of things that we don't know. And so, like I said, Weight Watchers didn't go into Weight Watchers and, and Noom didn't either. And, and I mean, Biggest Loser, <laughs> it's hard to argue that they didn't know what they were doing, but maybe they thought they were being helpful. I don't know. It was a modern take on, on Roman gladiators. Yeah. Yeah. Before. And so, <laughs> so um, that's that's really all I have to say on cognitive therapy. But but if you walk into uh, Noom thinking that you're going to get some level of personal con uh, contact with a psychologist or or help in that regard, there is a level of coaching, right? But those coaches are not trained for that. They're they're trained for a calorie deficit, and Noom needs to be more honest about that, that, that the candy store guy was over consuming salted caramels. And when he started Noom, he started under consuming salted caramels. And that's how he lost 10 pounds. It had very little to do with, you know, the articles that, you know, talked about how eating a handful of grapes is better than eating a similar amount of cashews. These are all common ideas within the weight loss world. And Noom is putting it out there as if they've recreated a wheel that they've not recreated, right? And so I, what Noom has recreated, the, the thing that Noom is best at is they lose thousands of customers each day. And each day they acquire one more customer than the thousands that they've lost. And that is what makes them attractive to investors. And that's important for you to know, right? Susan, did you want to follow up on that piece at all? Or, or yeah, do you feel I, like think, I think the point for me and, and there, you know, you're the expert on the marketing and the business and what's what you're seeing in, in real time. For me, what is most concerning you did touch on, but I want to just reinforce it, is that, you know, whether you learn these new habits from reading a book or uh, going online to habit trackers or, or you know, other, other you know, uh, resources, what we know is that, that Noom does or can support learning about new habits. And that's what they're calling, as you said, cognitive behavioral therapy. But, you know, again, there is no 
standard of what cognitive behavioral therapy is. So whatever expectation uh, a consumer has going into that they are going to get some kind of individualized therapy, real therapy. Can I interrupt you? I need to interrupt you just one second. They're based on cognitive. They're based on, right. I don't want them coming on at me and saying, you said we provide cognitive. We clearly say we're based on that was the whole. Cognitive therapy, right. So even based on that, learning new habits, you know, may help you support weight loss, right? Uh, your, Your new habits are changing your food intake, as Paul is saying. But I I, I really want to have clarity for people who are who are feeling a sense of emotional distress and mental health issues. This is not for you. You need to look for a professional. You need, um, uh, as as you said, specialized therapy that really is therapy. And, and Noom does not promote that, but in, in fact, right? They're not saying that's what they're providing, but anyone listening without a highly advanced um, experience in listening and understanding marketing terms and terminology would, would think, as you said, that that is what they're offering. So the transparency is, is critically important and, um, and that the consumer understand just like, I mean, we, we talked about their, and this is, I've heard this myself, they have a hundred percent money back guarantee, but, but the hundred percent money back guarantee is based off of, did you lose weight? Not, did you reach your goal? And so I would never I would never offer a hundred percent money back guarantee. There is so much that I have no control over as a, as a counselor that, 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 that guarantee in and of itself made me really go look at what are they saying? Who would ever guarantee something like this? And because the assumption is it's based on you reaching your goal, but they're very careful that it's based on, did you lose weight or not? So if you lose half a pound, you're, you've, you've met their, their restriction on not giving you that guarantee. So, so so again, I have not been on the program. I have not gone all the way through, bought the program and seen what it is. I'm not debating um, the rightness or wrongness. I think our conversation is about the transparency of their marketing and the understanding that this is a tech company. This is not a health and wellness company, yet that is not, I mean, the business model is of a tech startup. And so as a as a well as a health and wellness professional that has put decades into my life and of of education and experience and working with people and learning and understanding, um, my concern is it, it's you know it, it to to sort of be a very informed consumer. So one of the things that's sort of interesting is that you know whenever you have whenever you're talking or being critical of someone, I, I think we did a pretty good job of kind of explaining the Weight Watchers thing. 
And I think we're going to do as good a job on, on the noon thing. But I had someone one time talk about, you know, you don't need to, you don't need to take someone else's sunshine to, to get your light. Right. And I was like, well, then you must really hate weathermen. Right. Because like weathermen are stealing the light of tornadoes. Like if you think about it, you know, it's like the tornadoes, you know, warning you about the impending doom, you know, maybe the weatherman shouldn't talk because it's taking the light of that tornado, right? But he's taking <laughs> the light of the tornado for a reason. Right? He's taking the light of the tornado to save your life, right? Now, this does not rise to that level, um, but it does rise to the level of, of you should know. And look, let's be honest. Part of the reason why we consume things is because we see it often. And so if a company you know, is able to put ads on CNN and they're always on Facebook. I mean, the minute, just, just the fact that you're hearing about Noom probably means that you're going to be bombarded with Noom, um, Noom commercials, Noom advertisements, things of this nature. These guys are very good at startup behavior, right? But they're chasing the wrong rabbit, right? They're chasing the rabbit of, of, um, replacing consumers that are leaving rather than focusing on what works. And, you know, I don't have any criticism of them going down the path. In fact, I'm very happy, right, that they're chasing the wrong rabbit, right? The fact that they're chasing a similar rabbit to Weight Watchers and things of this nature. But don't, don't say it's something else when, it, when it's really not. Right. And that's that's our, our big beef. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this um, just because I don't think it's necessary. But I've said this, too. I think I've actually said this in the series that that the idea of exercise to burn calories. Right. Is sort of like this fool's errand where it's just it's not as good for it as you think it is. It's not the right use for it. And I think the worst part about it is, is that for you to stay with a healthy lifestyle, you kind of need to love it, right? And, and this whole idea that haters are my motivators, you know, it doesn't take you as far as you might think. I mean, that immediate role of, hey, someone called me fat, you know, got me on the treadmill. But if you don't love being on the treadmill, you're going to quit relatively quickly, no matter if somebody called you a name or not. And so in my view, if you're pursuing a fitness program, the last thing you want to do is tie it to eating less, right? Eating less is miserable. And so you, you don't, you know, I, I did a couple articles on that this weekend that, that you really want to align your goals with the things that are positive, that the things are based in, you know, things that you want to do or things that you love because it will take you far. feel great. Well, Steve Jobs actually said it differently. He said, if you base things around things that you love and that you're passionate about, you'll continue on when things get hard. And the reason why you will is because that, that drive will carry you. And then the people that don't, 
have that passion, they quit. And the reason why they quit is because they're sane. Only a crazy person <laughs> follows a path that's difficult, right? And, and that's a little bit of what we're going to be just talking about here as we end the, end the podcast. But, but Noom is putting it out there that you can do this thing. They can get you a very specific result in a very specific period of time. But the real business model is just one more customer than we lost yesterday, right? And, and the fact that they're on CNN, the fact that you see them on Facebook all the time, the fact that you see Instagram all the time, that's why. And that's not bad. We do the same exact thing, right? And so, so you know, whenever you are in the marketplace and you are spending money and people see you, there's an implied credibility. The difference between the way Weight Watchers does it, the way that I do it, and the way that Noom does it, is that Noom is behind this wall of secrecy and they use their marketing very tactically. And one of the, the things that I'm gonna use to illustrate this is the exercise piece. That's how we started this. They have a advertisement that talks about a woman that was like, I, you know, I was exercising like crazy and I couldn't lose any weight. And then all of a sudden I started Noom and I dropped 15 pounds. They're playing with your mentality there, right? Because no one really wants to exercise when they're eating less and feel awful. And so now what Noom is saying, come over here, right? We'll help you with your misery with our based on cognitive behavioral therapy. And you don't even need to work out, right? And also, once again, you know, we're talking about scientific facts. Scientific facts are this. If you want to maintain weight loss, and I'm sure that they can talk about it late, later on, right? And, and this might seem extreme, and I'm sorry if you're offended by it, but you don't get to abuse me, right, to get me into the relationship and then later on, I'm supposed to expect that you're a good person, right? Or a good company or whatever. If you're using techniques to manipulate me and then later on tell me that exercise actually is pretty good for you, you know, then it's like there's so much of what's going on with Noom that people are sort of forgetting about why they signed up. They start to get frustrated and they don't remember all the promises that Noom made to them in the beginning that they never delivered on, right? And so the problem with weight loss in general and the way that our expectations have evolved over dieting for years is we never hold the initial person accountable. We never hold them to say, you know, you didn't deliver on what you said. And, and a lot of you are going to go, right, but there's so much worse out there than Noom saying to me, that exercise, once again, those people are living in the shadows. Shadows, Noom is sort of still living in also until we can sort of get into kind of years of transparency and years of people failing. 
you know, like people think of this as a criticism of Noom, like to my benefit. Look, we're going to do fine no matter what I say about Noom. I'm just asking Noom to be as transparent as I am about our program. But at the end of the day, people failing at Noom sign up for you to perform because they sign up for you to perform because I'm telling them the truth the whole time, all the time. We, it's all we talk about nonstop. We're not, we're not throwing out this pretend idea that you know we're based on behavioral cognitive therapy. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, this is kind of just eating less. It's like, well, yeah, you know, they, they're, they're not telling you that for a reason because it's much easier marketing wise. And once again, you could go, well, yeah, Oprah eating at Oprah's house with tacos with DJ Khaled on the ones and twos is real similar. No, it's not similar. They're called Weight Watchers. It was transparent the whole time. Noom is intentionally skirting the edges. And I think that's important when we're talking about a company that's trying to move into the light and away from the shadows because they've been able to do well in the shadows. There's no, the scientific community that is normally just hammers a lot of programs like this has been very quiet. And one of the reasons why they're very quiet is because what Noom is doing looks very similar to a lot of what they do. But when we're talking about I do a calorie deficit and Noom does a calorie deficit, I don't get what you're so upset about, Paul. Well, I'm upset because you say that you do a calorie deficit and they're using this pretense of all these mystical woohoo ideas. I mean, I would argue that a lot of the marketing techniques that Noom is using is much more harmful than anything Gary Tobbs has ever said, right? Gary Tobbs, you know, related to calories don't matter. Very quickly, the scientific community was all over him, right? And, and disproved much of that. Studies went into place the minute that happened. Yet Noom has been able to exist without any kind of microscope at all. And frankly, that's one of the reasons why I think, you know, we are saying what we are saying. I didn't want to go too deep into the exercise, but we kind of got into it. This is the part that really bothers me. And, you know, um, I hope people hear in my voice that I'm not angry. I'm not mad. I'm not trying to. Um, manipulate you, all I'm trying to do is pre present to you the facts, right? And the facts are that Noom sales process is not anything new, right? If you, if you go to it, whether you land on it the first time or the 45th time, it changes multiple ways. These are, these are sales techniques that have existed for time. If you look at the way that they kind of walk you through the sales process, that formula has existed in the sales world forever. It's the basis for how someone sells you a car, right? And so when your time investment is more, you're more likely to buy. So I'm not going to get into a lot of their claims that are exaggerated. Um, even, even the questions that they're asking you, if you walk into it thinking that they're a good actor, 
right? You're not realizing that you're actually being steered in a direction. Whether that rises to the level of manipulation, in my mind, it does, right? Um, is that marketing? You know, it's really hard to say, right? Um, but I think if you look at it, and I, and I want you to look at it, right? Like if you're looking at it and, and you haven't signed up for Noom and you're considering them, go to their sales process and go to a sales process like Weight Watchers or mine, right? Like mine, where you're actually talking to a coach, coach is going to tell you exactly what it is, all these other things, rather than give you this fake data, right? With these fake questions that seem like they're customizing something when they're actually not customizing, they're, they're, they're over and over hitting mental triggers for you that are just meant to get you to pull out your credit card, right? And, and I'm not saying that we, you know, don't have similar techniques, but the similar techniques that we have are based on the truth, right? They're based on transparency. They're based on science, right? And so we're saying to you, we can make a compelling argument one way or the other. And Noom's North Star, whether they like it or not, you know, when you start to take these investments and you start to take these bridge loans and you're sort of struggling with your business model and you're struggling with like equity positions, you know, I mean, it does make me wonder like the, the initial people within Noom, you know, I have to think that even though, you know, my business is not valued similarly to theirs, our equity positions are similar. Their equity positions have been so diluted by all of these capital raises, right? Which I know a lot of people aren't really interested in, but, but why do they keep having to raise all this money if their idea is so damn good, right? Like, why wouldn't they be growing at a rate that allows, and, and, and you know, that kind of derails things. But there's one thing at the end that is sort of the coup de grace of manipulation, right? And what it talks about you know, it uses the same standard, you know, one to two pounds of weight loss a week and things of this nature that the diet industry has been using forever. So that's not new. You know, um, even the graph that they use to the to the end that that uh, that I'm going to talk about is really nothing more than an animated calorie calculator based on the data that you provided. And it and it was really based on the three or four pieces that you provided in the very beginning. All those questions that they ask you later on, they may use some of that, you know, on the back end, that's highly possible. But those are more sales techniques, right? And any good salesman sees it the minute they see it, right? But if you were creating a system that allowed for the ultimate manipulation, their graph is it, right? It's a visual representation that looks real. It looks like it's based on actual data. And I think, you know, this is speculation on my part, so I, I, I don't have any problem speculating, but there's nothing about it that looks very different 
than your standard 3,500 calories a week, one pound of weight loss, right? What they do though, if you look at it and it's very specific, is they make it seem more real by using 0.4 or 0.9 or three weeks and seven days, right? There's all these specifics that are coming. And, and once again, like if you're working off the, the, the a formula, it may land on those days. But the fact that the data looks real is, is psychologically impressive to people and does make you wanna give them your credit card. And then they then throw the cherry on top. They then show you two more graphs, right? With small interventions or asking you questions and then the graph changes so that your goal gets faster and better, right? I mean, if you've ever watched Star Wars and you find yourself weirdly attracted to the character of Darth Vader, there's a part of that <laughs> from a sales technique that is really impressive, right? Because even though it's manipulative, even though you know the data is wrong, it's unscientific and it's bad data, from a sales perspective, it's hard not to give Darth Vader their props, right? Because, because they've done a lot of work on how to manipulate you, right? And um, the majority of what they've accomplished, you know, from an AI perspective and machine learning perspective is optimizing that experience, right? It's not about the specifics. When we talk about it's not real, it's not real because your body adjusts to a calorie deficit. So if, if, if Noom says to you that you're going to lose 49 pounds, 49.4 pounds and, and, you know, 21.2 weeks, that data is wrong. So if you're a company that's saying you're based on scientific information related to cognitive therapy, which sounds very scientific, and then they're showing you all these things, related to the data that they've collected and, and, and um, you know, how many people have had success using their program and one to two pounds a week. These are all things that are stimulating your brain where you're like, shut up and let me just give you my money right now, right? But it's based on fake data. It's based on <laughs> the formulas that have been proven wrong for many years, we need we know that people plateau based on these large calorie deficits and they hit a wall. And every single one of you listening to this knows this, right? The, the most clear path to, I'll, I'll just use a 60 pounds as an example, is 20 pounds three times or 30 pounds two times or 30, 20, 10, because food needs to normalize. Right. And so me just pulling out a calculator and then saying thirty five hundred and then no one wants to lose a reasonable amount of weight. Right. All of their advertisements are from all these people that have lost 10 pounds. Right. Or all the people that have lost 15 pounds. They're very careful not to show you the people that have had 
a lot of weight loss because it implies there's a formula that they use based on actual data. And let me just tell you something about data. They know exactly, right? You cannot be the level of savvy that they are with data and then not apply that model to the data. So if the graph said this, I'd be fine. The graph would walk you through how to lose 50 pounds, right? And then it shows you that based on a certain specific date, you are gonna be this weight. If it did this one thing, they'd be fine. 1.2 people reached that goal. If it did that and they know that data, then they'd be fine, right? It wouldn't be fake data. It wouldn't be unscientific. It would be very scientific. But you know what it wouldn't do? You'd put your credit card back in the wallet, right? Because most people don't think to themselves, I'm going to be that 1%. I'm going to be the person that hits that goal, right? And so when we're looking at data and you start throwing out these numbers and all these fake numbers and stuff like that, and there's no question in my mind that, that Noom has helped you know, like they say, you know, a million point three people or whatever lose weight. That's fine, right? But when you start applying it to, you know, lost 50 pounds in a very specific time range and things of this nature, the science is very clear that's not how it works, right? But I don't even need science to show you that. You know that's not how it works. Every diet you've ever done and then where I think it, it's particularly manipulative is when it's showing someone who's gone from diet to diet to diet that way, right? Because we know that the more you diet, this is science folks, that the worse you get in it, right? And then aging is not helpful, right? Susan mentioned that when she counsels a client, the, the words are similar to the words I use. Well, it depends, right? And so, so if I say to you, it depends, and Noom says to you, and oh, by the way, we're slightly more expensive than Noom, not by a lot, but, but slightly more expensive than Noom. So I say to you, it depends, and then I'm slightly more expensive, and then you go through the Noom process, and they say it's going to be a little bit cheaper, but we can get you this exact weight lost by this exact date, you know, well, you're buying, right? But that's not actually how weight loss works. And we all know that. And when we talked about Weight Watchers, we talked about this implicit relationship that we all had with Weight Watchers. And, and Weight Watchers was always kind of clear about that. And the studies related to Weight Watchers are clear about that. And what I think you're gonna find with Noom eventually is that the big secret is that their people were eating more and they started to eat less and they lost weight. But these big goals that they pretend to tell you that they can help you reach, their math is wrong. I'm a data guy, Susan's a data person, right? You can look at any, any scientific person can look at their data and go, well, that's, that's based on, that's based on data. We knew 40 years ago it was wrong. Right. But 
that doesn't account for the marketing, right? And so, so if you're ostensibly a marketing company, right? Well, now all of a sudden you've crossed the line and now you're, you're a bad guy, right? And so, so if you know, you know, Weight Watchers knows, that's why they wanted to be honest. That's why they, they, that's why they spoke up and said, we're going to be a little bit more holistic now, right? Because frankly, weight loss is difficult. And many of you aren't reaching your goals and we want you to be the best human. That was a great pivot for them. I like that as a pivot for the company. It's the truth. It doesn't get you the most clients in the weight loss world, right? But at least it's the truth, right? What Noom is creating is going to be harmful for a lot of people. And the people aren't going to look at it like, like Susan said, you know, I mean, you're going to go back and get the refund because you might try to remember that refund and you're going to realize, well, I did lose 0.5 pounds. So I kind of met their standard for a refund. Right. And then you're going to go, well, just like every other dieting company out there, you know, they lied. No, they're they're operating in the shadows because they can. The scientific world, they've all they were they've had a meteor, meteoric rise from 2017 to 2021 scientific community barely knows Noom exists, right? Now they're wondering why there's so many commercials on CNN. Well, it's because in 2017, they, I, I don't remember the specific numbers, but it was like they raised 30, $30 million, which is nothing, right? That's, you know, I mean, even forms worth more than that, just so you know, right? Then they raised $60 million, right? Then they have a bridge round and now all of a sudden they're raising $540 million. Look, they're having to raise this money because they, they're chasing this customer acquisition problem, right? And, and if you're in my business, you know that you have to kind of keep those, those costs low. And so that's why you're seeing Noom everywhere now, right? And so they're really working on this linear approach and that's why they have to, but they're not focused on the right problem to solve, right? They're not focusing on the thing that actually would make their business model good, right? They're just focused on the fact that we're getting one more client each day than we're losing. And actually they're probably doing substantially better than that. But there is a wall that they're about to hit related to customer acquisition that is going to require their business model to actually solve the problem. And it doesn't do that, right? Because we know that calorie deficits have its limits, right? So if you build your whole business model based on um, cognitive behavioral therapy of people eating less all the time, it's, it's it's just wrong. It's it's not it's it's not science. That's not how it works, right? Now, if you based all that money that you raise on building, you know, a better mousetrap, maybe they would have got there, right? But they they haven't. They they're basing it on customer acquisition, and this is not customer acquisition for sunglasses. This is customer acquisition that harms people and it harms families. You know, a lot of you don't realize that when, you know, my grandmother was on Weight Watchers, 
you know, as an obese woman struggling with it her whole life, my grandmother never overate, you know, except for the one or two times she took me to McDonald's and all of a sudden she'd devour fries because she's hungry, you know. You know, I don't know that Weight Watchers, you know, is inherently trying to be evil. I don't think Noom is inherently trying to be evil, but they are using evil tactics. And, you know, my life was colored by my experience with my grandmother and her weight loss journey. You know, how I viewed the world is somewhat related to how my grandmother viewed herself. I have pictures when I was four years old of going to the zoo with a very vibrant and active grandmother who then pursued weight loss for the rest of her life. And then all I remember was this old, feeble person. And I see these pictures of who my grandmother used to be. And I wonder, what, how did that happen? Right? And that's the problem with eating less. These companies are doing this stuff without, with a lack of responsibility. And it, 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 they should know that it affects your mentality. They should know that it's, it's, not, a, it's not an oil change or a, or a tune-up. And because it's a tech startup, they're treating it like it's oil change or a tune-up and that you just put out some ads and some people buy. And yeah, we are manipulating people a little bit, but what's the big deal? They're just buying sunglasses. No, they're not buying sunglasses. They're buying something that's going to fuck people up the rest of their life. And, and that needs to be said. And if you have a problem with the fact that I'm using strong language, shouldn't somebody be using strong language? Shouldn't somebody be saying it? And I understand the scientific community hasn't caught up to it yet. And hopefully they will. Hopefully what we're talking about brings some exposure to Noom because they're being allowed to operate in the shadows that, that they shouldn't be able to, to operate in. And that's really what this was about. And so um, I think I put Susan to sleep if you're watching on YouTube. Um, but uh, I think we covered it. Um, you know, once again, you know, I hope everybody appreciated the intent. I hope people understand, you know, where I'm coming by, from and, and why this is personal to me. It's not personal to me because of money. You know, I'm, I'm fine with money, right? Like it's personal to me because it should be personal to everyone, you know? And so, so that's kind of where that lands. Um, any, anything I missed, anything we need to cover? I know, I know it got a little bit longer. No, I think you, I think you, you gave a little clarity to, to it. I, you know, I, it's so funny because like Weight Watchers is called no longer it's WW, but like you said, it's, it describes in the name, eat to perform. It describes in the name, what the heck does Noom mean? I mean, that is all part of this smoke and mirrors or make you wonder, you know, you want to investigate it more because there's no clarity. And I think you brought just a little clarity to the conversation over a program that really nobody knows what it actually is. I mean, I don't know what it is. People ask me, what is it? I say, I don't know. I, I can't tell. I have no idea what they're doing. And as, as a professional looking at it, however, as the uninformed consumer, um, like you said, 
there is there is the the clear intention to send certain messages that get the consumer to jump to conclusions that aren't actually said and that's protecting them but but brings in the buy from the consumer and um, these sales tactics are, um, are, are, you know, at, at the least disrespectful and at the most harmful. So um, I think it's a, it's a worthwhile conversation to have. Yeah. And I mean, am I rooting for, you know, hey, Noom, you want to buy me and then I'll, I'll teach you, you know, how to do the science, right? Absolutely. Um, and actually, you know, I think helping people for lifetime is actually a profitable business model, right? I think that you would actually be better as a business with a lifetime care that took people in and out of diet cycles, right? Where they normalize calories. And if you need me to help you do that, I'll help you do that. We have a lot of data based on that information, right? But it would, it would, nothing would please me more than Noom to put me out of business using my business model in a better way, right? Using what we've learned in a better way. Because at the end of the day, the thing that I really care about is the health of society, right? right? That's the only reason that this matters to me at all. And so, so I want Noom to succeed. I like the changes that are coming with Weight Watchers. I like this, you know, movement towards recovery and movement mm -hmm. towards, you know, more of a reasonable approach to a lot of these things. But uh, you don't get that, you know, raising a billion dollars, right? Right, Because the pressures to, and, and, and this will be the last thing we say, have I had the opportunity to raise money? I know, I, I spoke about this, I know, I, I know people in the VC world very well, right? No VC gives you $540 million without a certain level of control, right? right? And so, so if you said to the VC, hey, we need to go this right route because the science is showing is this, well, yeah, but how's that going to affect my investment in you? Right. That's it. So when you go, well, why haven't you raised money? That's why. Right. Because because I don't want outside forces to dictate the direction of each reform based on just a profit model. Mm -hmm. And oh, by the way, I think we're going to catch them. We're going to catch them because we have it right. We fixed the business. The business model is, did you fix the problem? It's not, did you acquire one more client than you lost, mm -hmm. right? And so when you fix the, does it do what you say it does? People go, yeah, it did what, it's, did what I say it does, right? And, and, and what I say it does is it depends. There's going to be a lot of trial and error, but a minute for life, right? right? And so, so I hope everybody appreciates that. I hope this puts a little, little bit of exposure. I hope somebody at Noom listens to this and goes, I, I think this guy's spot on. And I think we need to spend more time and energy on what the diet cycles out look like.
but I can tell you from one of their, their, their interviews in Business Insiders, that is not the direction that they want to go. But the direction that they want to go is to acquire one more client than they lose in all of the medical space. And so they feel like they've already solved the problem related to weight loss because at the end of the day, they know that a lot of people are going to fail at weight loss. They suggested that weight loss was the absolute best um, business to be in because it was it's so difficult, right? And what they're saying is it's so difficult because so many people fail, right? And so if so many people are failing and you're just able to require one more customer than you lost, shouldn't you be addressing why so many people are failing at your business model, right? And so, so maybe they would say they're doing fine and maybe by their standard, they're doing fine. But that graph, people are not getting those results and that's not fine, right? That's manipulative. And that's what people know. So appreciate everybody being here. I hope this was helpful. I think in general, we just told you a lot about dieting and we just told you a lot about how dieting started and where we're at. And sadly, where we're at is not vastly different where we were before, but there are forces that are moving in a positive direction. We're not the only one. A lot of them are in like the fitness space, but in the nutrition space, we're kind of the only one. I mean, like, you know, we get, we talk about that a lot, but that's another podcast for another day. So I appreciate everybody being here and we'll talk to you later. Bye now. Bye, Paul.